Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all at BatteryPower.com as well as at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media. Man, free on all podcast platforms as well. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button. And that's where we'll be free wherever you listen. Just hit that subscribe button to get the latest content when it's available. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So it was going to be hard to beat Monday night for the Braves and the Giants, especially for the Braves welcoming back Jock Peterson to Atlanta, obviously Orlando Arcia delivering a walk-off hit. It was going to be hard to beat that excitement, but in terms of Tuesday night's game itself, it, it came pretty close. 22 combined runs between the Braves and the Giants, six combined home runs, and a lot of lead changes. The Giants were up 4 to nothing. The Braves came back 5-4. to four. The Giants went back up. Uh, I believe uh, it was 6-5. to five. Braves went up 7-6, a back-and-forth game, but unfortunately, the Braves' bullpen was not able to hold the leads that the Braves had, and the Braves wound up losing 12-10, to and it was a pretty rare loss given the circumstances of how good the Braves' offense was. Matt Olson going deep twice, Marcelo Zuna hitting a home run, um, Ronald Acuna Jr. hitting his seventh home run of the season. There have been a hundred, coming into last night's game, there had been 143 times since 1901 that the Braves had hit at least four home runs and scored 10 runs. They had done that 143 times before last night's game, and they were 138 and 5 in those 143 games. Well, unfortunately, now. They're 138-6. The offense was outstanding. The long ball was in play. They converted run-scoring opportunities. The Braves' offense held their own. Unfortunately, Spencer Strider came back down to earth a bit. On the night, Spencer Strider, 3.1 innings pitch, six earned runs, only four strikeouts, six hits allowed. Basically, on the night, Strider just did not have his best stuff. He allowed four earned runs in the first inning, and the Braves just unfortunately were not, or excuse me, Spencer Trotter just unfortunately was not able to slow down the Giants' offense early on. Excuse me, he gave up four runs in the top of the second inning. 
when it came to Spencer Strider's performance overall, yes, the velocity was there, but the, the Giants were just on top of his stuff early and often. And the, it was, unfortunately, the Giants got off to the early lead in this game, something that the Braves have usually been doing for much of the past several weeks. So the Braves' offense was outstanding. Spencer Strider struggle, struggled. The bullpen struggled. At the end of the day, you're going to have games like this, especially against a team of the caliber of the San Francisco Giants. You know, the Giants, in my opinion, I don't know if the most, you know, accurate way of describing them is the Tampa Bay Rays of the National League, but when you compare the Braves' talent on paper to the Giants' talent on paper, in my opinion, most would probably say that the Braves are the more talented team, but the Giants are a team that play very well and play very consistent. For instance, on in last night's game, seven of the 12... RBIs that the Giants produced came from their 8th and ninth spots in the orders. So this is a team in the Giants that simply knows how to play baseball and they play it very well, especially against good caliber teams, you know, like the Braves. So it was one of those nights, unfortunately, where the Braves pitching staff struggled from start to beginning. Jackson Stevens has come back down to earth a bit. Darren O'Day ran into some trouble as well as Colin McHugh, who was coming off the injury list. Dylan Lee actually pitched 1.2 innings and allowed only one hit, so he had an outstanding outing. But overall, it just unfortunately was a bad night for the pitching staff for the Braves. So while Tuesday night was less than ideal, not the best outcome for Atlanta, the fact is is that we now have a series between two teams with playoff aspirations tied 1-1, to and it sets the stage for a pretty fun showdown on Wednesday night, not just in terms of Charlie Morton for the Braves coming off his best start of the season against the Cubs this past weekend, and Carlos Rodon, who is emerging as one of not only one of the best signings from the offseason, but also a clear contender for the National League Cy Young Award. Those two facing off, but also you've got arguably one of the best left-handers in the National Leagues in Rodon, who's facing arguably the best offense against left-handers in the major leagues this season. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So while the results for the Braves on the field on Tuesday were, you know, not what many had hoped as far as them getting a second win against the Giants, some other results earlier on Tuesday were quite fun to see as the first reveal during the first phase of the 2022 
All-Star Game voting were revealed, and to no one's surprise, the Braves were well represented when it came to voting in the National League. Here's how it stacks up right now for the Braves in several positions when it comes to several of their players. Right now, Travis Darno is second among catchers in voting. Matt Olson is fourth among first basemen in voting, right behind Freddie Freeman, who is third. Among second basemen, Ozzie Albies only trails Jazz Chisholm. Among third basemen, Austin Riley only trails Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. Among shortstops, Dansby Swanson is currently second behind Trey Turner. And among designated hitters, William Contreras is second behind Bryce Harper. So you have, in terms of six positions, catcher, each of the infield positions, and designated hitter, you right now have a Brave within the f- within the first four vote-getters at each infield position, at catcher, and at designated hitter. And in four of those instances, a Braves player is in second place. Now, obviously, De- uh, Ozzie Albies, if he were to remain in second place among second basemen, he obviously would not be available to play in the All-Star Game, but it's mighty impressive and goes to show just how significant the improvement has been for this Braves offense for their entire infield. William Contreras, who's been a part-time player all year, and Travis Darno for the entire infield and for the Braves' two catchers to squarely be in the running among All-Star votes so far this year, it's pretty impressive. Not saying all of them will make the All-Star Game, but it's still pretty impressive to see the recognition that they are getting. But it doesn't stop there. We've just talked about the infield designated hitter and catcher. Now let's shift to the outfield. Where Ronald Acuna Jr., who who basically has played 60% of the season so far for the Braves, he actually is not only second among NL outfielder vote-getters so far, but he's second overall. Ronald Acuna Jr. has one point, nearly 1.4 million votes so far, which is the second highest total in the National League compared to Mookie Betts. As a matter of fact, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s one point, nearly 1.4 million is the third highest vote total overall for any player. Only Aaron Judge and Mookie Betts have more votes right now than Ronald Acuna Jr., So it seems as if, despite the fact that he was out for a significant portion of the season so far, Ronald Acuna Jr. could be on his way to another All-Star game. So make no mistake about it, offense sells, and that is what has been the catalyst for the Braves so far in terms of Dansby Swanson looking as if he'll get an All-Star nod potentially this year. Perhaps Travis Darno will get one. Ronald Acuna Jr. seems to be a lock if he can continue to play at the level we all know that he's capable of. It'll be fun to see just how many Braves position players make it. Plus, you also have to expect Max Reed and Kyle Wright to squarely be within contention to make it as pitchers as well. So really fun to see where the Braves stand among all-star votes so far, and it'll be interesting to see how they continue to stand as the votes continue to tally and we go further into the all-star voting leading up to the all-star game in L.A. 
on July 19th. But obviously there's plenty of time to discuss what will happen when it comes to all-star votes for the Braves. The key for the Braves is for their offense to continue to play at a level that will keep garnering their players' votes as time goes on. And that's going to be hard to do on Wednesday night against Carlos Rodon, who has emerged as a clear Cy Young candidate in the National League and also arguably one of the best off-season signings by a team in all of the majors. Rodon is right up there with Max Reed, Kyle Wright, and others when it comes to pitchers that are clearly in the running for the National League Cy Young Award. But this is where it gets fun. Because, yes, there's no doubt Rodon has been one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball this season. But he's facing an offense with the Braves who are first in the majors in hard hit percentage against left-handers this season, first in the majors in ISO against left-handers this season, second in the majors in OPS against left-handers this season, and third in home runs. The Braves' winning streak started with success against Southpaws. They have mashed Southpaws over the past month or so when they faced him. And a lot of times, the reason why they've been able to find success is because they've been able to score early. They've been able to create and convert scoring opportunities early along with the success of the home run. Well, that would certainly be a great development for the Braves on Wednesday, getting an early lead to support Charlie Morton. And on the flip side of things, the key to success for Morton is going to be avoiding early trouble. But, There is some positives when it comes to Morton. You know, I mentioned earlier in the year that in 2021, Charlie Morton, it really took him through the middle of May in 2021 to start to find his groove. And then when he did, he became one of the best pitchers in the National League for the last two-thirds of the season. This season is similar in fashion. And you have to consider that coming off the, the broken leg from the World Series, uh, you know, non-routine offseason, a shortened spring training, there were probably going to be some rust that Charlie Morton would have to work through, and he definitely has. And one of the things that's plagued him so far this season, early in the season, it was the lack of strikeouts. Well, one thing that's plagued him, you know, throughout most of the season so far is when he struggled, it's been because teams have found success against him early. And in five out of his past seven starts, he's allowed three or more earned runs. So it's not as if he's he's been dominant or anything like that. But one positive is that he clearly had his best start of the season his last time out against the Cubs. Over his past two starts, he struck out 21 batters. And over his past seven starts, across 37 and two-thirds innings, Charlie Morton has struck out 52 batters and walked only 10. So he's run into a bit of bad luck. He's run into a bit of trouble early on, but his ability to miss bats, we're seeing Morton start to gain some consistency. We're seeing his control in place. We're seeing his ability to miss bats in place. At some point in time, the efforts have certainly improved and the results should start to improve as well. And that hopefully started over the weekend against the Cubs and then we'll continue tonight against the Giants. So while Carlos Rodon has certainly been the better pitcher so far this year, 
Charlie Morton is showing signs of getting into rhythm, getting into groove to where he can match pitch by pitch with anybody in the majors when he's on. And hopefully that will continue tonight against the Giants. It's going to be fun. Can the Braves score early against Rodon? Can Charlie Morton prevent the Giants from scoring early? That will be the key to the game, in my opinion, in what should be an outstanding matchup as we see two teams with playoff aspirations, one and one in their series, look to gain advantage in this four-game set. And of course, we'll have the latest for you on tomorrow's edition of the Daily Hammer. And all you have to do is just hit that subscribe button on wherever you listen to podcasts for the Battery Power Podcast Network, and that lets you know when the latest content is there. The Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, Road to Atlanta Podcast, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, free on all podcast platforms, wherever you choose to listen. My name's Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you as always. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon here on the Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.